On this episode of BTS, we are back from a much-needed break. Erica and I discuss the success of Burn the Stage the Movie, BTS getting three new RIA certifications, and the long-awaited Wasted on Me music video. We also weigh in on Jen's new apartment, our excitement of BT21 coming to Hot Topic, and Big Hit's new boy group. I also give my commentary of the Asia Artist Awards. Join us for all this and more. Let's get it. Hi, guys. It's been it's too long. 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it feels like it. It's been, what, two weeks? Almost. And, you know, we were... So, Molly and I started this podcast a little over a month ago, a month and a half ago. And for the first month, we did, like, about two-plus podcasts <laughs> a week. So, when we took a little time off for the little holiday break, we have Thanksgiving here in America. We took some time off. It's felt like forever. So, it might be a little bit awkward getting back into the swing of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we always think it's gonna be awkward and then it works out but this time it's like uh we haven't done this in a while and we have actually a lot to talk about and then it just turned into like a snowball effect all this stuff has happened so we have a lot to cover today so yeah so get ready get prepared and just like any other time with this podcast uh, i hope you have a lot of things to do or a really long commute <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a little bit of old news just because we haven't talked in a while. We still want to mention it and just give you guys our thoughts on it. Our last episode was our commentary and our thoughts on Burn the Stage, the movie. So we just oh, want to wow. talk a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that came out two weeks ago yesterday, I believe. Um, so we just kind of want to talk about how well that it did and some things that are going on with that. So Burn the Stage actually did really well, not just here in America, but globally. So cumulatively, they pulled in $3.6 million here in the States, and it had tons of success globally as well. It was in over 2,500 theaters around the world, and they accounted for nearly $14 million in ticket sales. There were over 1.4 million worldwide admissions, and with that, Burn the Stage broke the record for the highest grossing event cinema concert production, which One Direction previously held that spot in uh, 2014. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I think that's insane, and honestly, like, I think they could have made more money if they had had more showings because everything was like sold out and it was very limited yeah it i i know we talked about this in length and some other of our episodes how kind of disappointed we were that it was so limited and i know for me living in a smaller town that i do i had to drive 45 minutes that theater wasn't even added until way later so it's not like, you know, I could have just on a whim been like, oh, hey, or if I was a new fan and just heard about it, gone about tickets. Like if you didn't know BTS, you didn't follow fan accounts or, or any of their news, you would never have known that it was even showing. So and I know you had made this point that it would have been kind of a great 
thing to introduce new fans to and it would have been a fun event to go to with friends and to do all this stuff but then it you know it's like oh you can only go these few days and we didn't get an advance notice so if people had to work or you know it's like you couldn't take off time quick enough and do all that but that that's a whole nother discussion that we've had before (laughs) um but we're so glad that it did so well in the theaters and saying that Um, There are more release dates here in the United States. They're releasing on December 5th and December 6th in over 400 theaters across the United States. So if you didn't get to see it before, there are some more dates. So check it out. We'll put the link to tickets and you can see if it's showing near you on December 5th and 6th. Yay. And if you're not still not able to see it, um, we did it. We did do a whole podcast on it um, where we discussed pretty much everything that happens in the movie. So for all of you people who aren't able to see it, you can see it through our eyes, (laughs) through our voices, (laughs) really. Um, So enjoy that, I guess. So what we want to talk about next is the Ticketmaster Ticket of the Year. So Erica, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay, this is just a little thing that I kind of came across for um, this year. Uh, and I, it's a fan voted thing. I never have heard of this before, to be honest. Me neither. Um, I didn't know that this was a thing, although I would have contributed to it, I think, maybe if I could. But um, anyway, BTS won Ticketmaster's Ticket of the Year, the global ticket. So apparently they have a couple of categories. And I don't know if this particular award designation is based out of the UK or if each country has its own like section of awards. But the article that I was able to find about BTS just signified that BTS won the global ticket of the year, followed by Ed Sheeran and Pink Pop. Um, and then it goes into like, you know, again, U- UK tickets of the year and stuff. So there might be some for every country. Haven't really researched it. But globally, it's just basically saying like, oh, best live event that's being held. And it's not just for concerts. So things like Hamilton, the musical is up for that and other stuff like that. So it's any live show, I guess that's wow. held through Ticketmaster. That's pretty that's pretty awesome. I didn't realize I know that was something you had found, so I didn't research it too much, but I didn't realize there was any live event. It's not just concerts. And Broadway is a huge thing here in the States and I know like in the UK. So to know that it went up against things like Hamilton and maybe even like Cursed Child that are huge events um, or live events and that they beat them out. That's really cool to know. And it just keeps adding to their like global phenomenon success and how big they are all over the entire world and not just like and not just in the world of k-pop yes get it boys so another thing that they have won recently the ria r-i-a-a which stands for the recording industry association of america What they do is certify albums and songs, gold and platinum, things like that, silver. So whenever you hear about an artist that has a gold album or a platinum album or song, then that's what Rhea does. So BTS recently had three nominations and certifications. Mic Drop, Erica's favorite song. Was Me and a billboard. (laughs) Was recently certified platinum. And this is their first single to be certified platinum. They have a couple other singles that are certified gold, but Mic Drop is the first one to be certified platinum, which I think is awesome because we love that song so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, Idol 
is also certified gold. So Idol went to a gold certification, Mike Drop Platinum. And then what I thought was cool, Love Yourself Answer, the album went gold. And it was their first album to be certified gold. And it is also the first ever Korean album to be recognized by the RIA. So this makes BTS the most decorated Korean act ever acknowledged by RIA. I think I need to emphasize how big of a deal this is, at least in terms of being an American record, like you're not having to be American, but in the American recording industry, this is huge. So when people talk about success or benchmarks here in the United States, going gold, going platinum is like what kind of speaks to people. They're like, oh, that's really popular. That's really good. That's amazing. And just to give a little background on the RIA website, it says for the past 60 years, the RIA has honored music's best through its Gold and Platinum Awards program. When an artist earns a Gold and Platinum certification, they join the ranks of an elite group of beloved musicians. And it's like a really big deal. And that's how like a lot of artists kind of like hang their hat on their success. Um, And it's probably more widespread than like even the Grammys because, you know, the Grammys are voted on by an elite panel, blah, blah, blah. Not every great musician ends up getting a Grammy, you know, but any, you know, musician of merits I get not merits that's not the right word but any musician of any really huge standing in the United States can point to their platinum or gold records so the fact that they've now entered this list and they're being recognized by the American music industry is a really big deal and here goes our back in the day segment (laughs) when MTV (laughs) (laughs) when MTV actually was cool they had a thing called mtv cribs so all of you older generation out there will remember this what cribs was they would go through and take you through their house and you know these people live in these huge mansions they have ton of cars and swimming pools and bathrooms and everything's gold and i don't know it's just it's crazy but any musician would have if they had an album or a a song or whatever go gold or platinum they would have it framed in like their hallway or their studio that just gives you kind of an idea of how big and how long it's been like a a huge deal here in the states that people um that get these certifications they're really proud of it and they hang them in their houses and their studios and they want people to know like my song or my album was gold or platinum. And a lot of people in other countries might not get how big of a deal that was, but us in the States do understand. So we just want to emphasize how big of a deal that is for BTS. And to be honest, I like was wondering why they weren't even on this before. I was like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, you see all these things and these stats of like how many albums they've sold, how big they are, but you know, it's, it takes a while for like this, the official, people to like catch up you know and so it's like here they are breaking all these records selling all these albums and like not really existing in a sense because they're not like officially you know considered a part of like this industry so I'm glad that they're finally there so that we can like continue this global domination (laughs) (laughs) this is also super old news we know but we haven't been around in a while the uh, Wasted on Me music video was finally released. 
it was an all Asian American cast, which I thought was so cool. And we've alluded to this also before how BTS is just kind of breaking barriers and Asian Americans are finally being prominent in TV shows and movies and stuff here in America. Uh, Stevie Oki had an all Asian American cast, which included his sister, Devin. Can we talk about that for a second? I know this probably doesn't matter to anybody, but (laughs) I have known about his sister for a very long time, but it wasn't until all of this, like the video that I put it together that they were siblings. So she was a really popular model and actress, like Mm -hmm. more, you know, more mainstream, at least in the United States, um, probably like about. 10 15 years ago so um she was like in too fast too furious Mm -hmm. and she was like in a lot of magazines and stuff like that so i remember her from that time and she always like stood out to me she has a very unique look and everything like that really pretty but it wasn't until like you know we were reading about the video we were seeing the video and i'm like oh my gosh duh devin aoki is steve Steve aoki (laughs) yeah like so I don't know if any of you also had that moment, but I was just like, oh. And another thing I found out about Steve Aoki, which he's an honorary member of BTS at this point. (laughs) And I found out that Steve Aoki is the son of the guy who founded Benihana, the restaurant. Oh, yeah, I did know that. I I think I saw that in an article and I kind of knew that, but it didn't. I don't know. That's not a fact that I keep in my brain. But you're definitely not the only one to put two and two together with his sister. There were a lot of comments like on the music video and stuff. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's his sister. I had no idea. And so that was kind of a revelation for a lot of people. But there were also some other really good actors, uh, Ross Butler, Ben Baller, Jamie Chung, and my favorite, Ken Jeong, who... I have loved for such a long time. He's so funny. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sure you have. Look at, we'll have the link to it as well. They did it as kind of like a karaoke style. Everybody does karaoke to the song. And it's really funny. And I think it just goes along with BTS's personality. Some people might not like it. They might have wanted a different kind of vibe to it. But I think it goes great with BTS and who they are and what they represent. Although, I just want to let you guys know, if you haven't seen it yet, BTS is not in it. Yes. So it's one of those, it's a music video where BTS is not actually in it. You know, they were busy doing everything. Um, So they weren't in it, but it's a fun music video. It's a fun little story. It's a little bit silly. And like I said, I like the overall message of one visibility of Asian and and this particular instance, Asian American actors um, just getting some visibility because, Mm -hmm. you know, that is something that just needs to change and happen. And so... I just love the message behind that. And then that they're just having fun. Yeah, it's a great little video. It is. So talking about fun, we just want to have a fun little discussion and conversation about this. It's not a huge deal, um, but it was something we both thought was funny that our beloved Jin, he bought his own apartment. And he bought it in the same complex as their unit that they share together. And he paid in cash $1.7 million. Okay, so this is the stuff that every <laughs> fan fiction story is made of. Like, all of these 
things are elements of a fan fiction story. Jen breaks out on his own with three suitcases of cash. He buys a studio apartment or a one bedroom apartment in this exclusive neighborhood. He's the oldest and he's ready to break out. And I was telling Molly, I was like, why would he buy one for himself? Right. (laughs) And even though what grown man wants to share like an apartment with, you know, six other grown men. But um, I mean, I'm sure they love it, but you also need your space at times. Right. But I was like, what if Jen has a secret girlfriend and he wants to meet up with her and you can't be <laughs> having her over to this space with like six other six dudes. Other guy. Yeah. Yeah. That would just be so weird. But, you know, obviously we are just speculating on that. So do not take any of this at face value. Um, it's but something, not a fact. <laughs> it's not a fact. Uh, a fact is though, that it is a, 947 square foot suite so most one bedroom apartments here in the states are like in the five to six hundred square foot range um for like an average one bedroom apartment they could go obviously go up higher but almost a thousand square feet is fairly large for a one bedroom apartment but what the article did say uh is quote unquote a source says that it seems like he bought the suite as an investment uh, the place would also be great for privacy. As far as the investment goes, I guess wh- he he bought it quite some time ago and it's already increased in value. So that's why they're saying that he most likely bought it as an investment. Um, I'm sure he does go over there on occasion to have some time to himself. But something I was thinking, he is probably the last one I would have seen buying their own place first. I would have seen maybe like Suga or RM to have some privacy, like for writing songs. I mean, I know they have studios and everything, but I feel like having your own space that you could like an entire apartment where you could just hang out by yourself and devote to writing music would be a really good idea. And that maybe RM or Suga would do it. Like, I just don't see Jin needing his own space. So I really feel like he did buy it as an investment. And I, (laughs) there's been a lot of memes and a lot of like funny things come out that, the guys are like banging on his door. They're like standing outside the complex, which I mean, it's, I don't know how it's set up, but they're like outside his window, you know, like Jin let us in and like he locks everyone out. And um, so there's been a lot of fun stuff to circulate about it, but it's really interesting and fun to speculate of why actually he did buy this apartment for himself. Well, I also feel like this opens up a greater conversation of curiosity to one, I'm just curious how much like BTS gets paid. And I'll talk to you in a second about why I'm curious. And then two, how the rest of the guys are using their money or their investments. Mm -hmm. So on point number one, I just think about like things that I watched about American boy bands or even like a group like One Direction. And they have such predatory management groups that they don't actually get very much money. Like, yes, the management group arranges for like, oh, their hotel rooms, their stays and whatever like that. But a lot of times they recoup that cost from the artists. So when the artist actually like goes home, their take home pay is not that much more than like a teacher here in America or whatever. So they don't get a lot of money. So like it's very interesting for me to think okay he bought this in cash like I wonder how much money they actually have 
um, how much money is going into their actual pockets. And then, like I said, I'm very curious about how they spend their money because I can imagine that if someone like Sugar isn't buying like his own place, I can see him maybe buying a place for his parents mm-hmm. or, you know, that's where they put the money in or somewhere else or V's bu- buying all this in luxury clothing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Gucci. <laughs> so I don't know. I, uh... I will say um, I did not seek this out. I I don't want anyone to ever think that I like someone because of their money or how much money they have. And that's just like a personal thing for me. And But I was looking at some facts about Jungkook. I think I was looking for something about his brother. And I came across an article about his net worth. And I think it was either last year or two years ago, and his cumulative net worth was a little over $8 million. Honestly, that seems like nothing compared to like what, how big of stars they are. But then you've got to think that everything they do, they have to split it seven ways on top of whatever big hit gets their part and everything. But yeah, so his net worth was around $8 million, And I don't know how if they each get the same amount, you know, because RM and Sugar write and produce a lot of this stuff if they get a little bit more or how that works out. But even just to know that and Jin paying almost $2 million for a residence, then that would be like a huge chunk of his net worth to to do that. So then again, I would think it probably was for some kind of investment. They probably might have accountants or something that help them with that and and have maybe stocks and bonds and things like that. I don't think any of them are frivolous with their money and yeah, V uh, V definitely buys a lot of Gucci, but I think he probably has <laughs> some some investments or some kind of retirement or um you know IRA account or something like that for the future. Or a home not in their name, like to be not yeah. like not for tax evasion or anything, but just because like we know that Jin bought this now. Like I'm guessing that they're trying to be like super private. So I'd maybe be like, if I wanted to buy property, be like, Hey, to my parents or something like that. Like, Hey, I want to buy a property. Can you just buy it in like your name and like whatever, you know, or something like that. Cause a lot of this stuff ends up being public record and, you know, you got some Mm -hmm. really uh, let's just say devoted fans Mm -hmm. out there. And there's a reason why he bought it in a complex with a lot of security. Yep. Yep. But yeah, so congratulations to Jen. That's exciting. He's a homeowner. <laughs> yes, congratulations, Jen. So something else that's really fun. We have a lot of fun topics today. We just found out that BT21 is now at Hot Topic. And I know Erica's super excited about that. So I will let her tell you about that. Yes. So in case you don't know, I don't know how global or international Hot Topic is, but just in case you don't know, it's like this little, well, I wouldn't say little, but it's this chain store that's found in like malls and different areas that's like basically for different pop culture fandom type of things. So typically before this point, you could find things like Harry Potter merchandise. You can find Funko Pop figurines. Back in the day, it used to be more of like hardcore it was like oh if you're into like rock bands or if you're into like lincoln park and good Mm -hmm. charlotte which were more of like rock bands then you would get all of your clothing there you look if you here's another old reference (laughs) but if you know about avril lavigne's skater boy video you basically Mm -hmm. could get everything from that video at hot topic so it's typically associated with like a younger crowd or whatever but now that they've been kind of expanding to more fandom sort of things it's like kind of 
gotten more life out of it. Anyway, one of the new lines that they're going to be carrying is BT21 merchandise. If you don't know what BT21 is, in one of our past episodes, we've actually spoke a little bit more about it and the characters and who the characters are and everything. Um, So you can give that a listen. I'll try to find that for the show notes. Uh, Don't count on it, though. But (laughs) (laughs) sorry, just listen to all the episodes, right? But they have their little cute, you could say avatars or characters that are cartoons and now they're available on so much merchandise there so the merchandise is really cute um i know they offer like um they offer the headbands they offer the like some sweatshirts some t-shirts and stuff like that some plushes the pricing is kind of more expensive than if you were to like look online at some of the fan shops which let's talk a little bit about this (laughs) okay so just to give you a little background the holiday that we just celebrated, it was Thanksgiving. It's a big holiday in the United States. It's a time for family to be thankful, to eat. And actually, I was watching a video about, okay, this is really going into a tangent, but I was watching a video about a guy. He was um, hosting American Thanksgiving for some people who had defected from North Korea. And in the video, one of the people mentioned that, oh, there's a thanksgiving type of holiday here in korea so there could be something like similar to that in korea i know that canada also celebrates thanksgiving Mm -hmm. well so um it's a holiday where you get together and it's basically about being thankful for everything that you have and eating a lot of food right (laughs) um but also it wouldn't be america if we didn't tie it to spending money right it also marks the official like start of like our holiday season, which is like for Christmas, which is another holiday that's celebrated at the end of December, right? So, and that's a holiday where you exchange gifts with your family and friends. And so the time in between Thanksgiving and Christmas is spent doing a lot of shopping, right? The day after Thanksgiving or nowadays the day on Thanksgiving, really, oh, there are a lot of really big sales and everything. They're the biggest, like the biggest sales of the year, the biggest discounts that you can get on things. So <laughs> bring it all back to BTS is um, I spent a lot of money on BTS merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> and specifically BT21 merchandise. Yes, I love BT21. I think it's so cute. And so I actually found a shop, which I'll link in the notes below, in the show notes for our thing, um, that has cheaper prices than Hot Topics. So Hot Topics, so if you're interested in getting any um, stuff, definitely try them. Um, We'll let you know when we get our stuff if they're, like, really good to go and everything. But they seem pretty legit. Um, They have a lot, a lot of stuff to choose from. They have pretty good prices. And they were running a really good Black Friday sale. So I had been waiting for a while. And I was like, should I really be spending all my money on BTS stuff? And then on Black Friday, I was like, yes, yes, I should. So (laughs) the the only thing with Hot Topic, though, is that it's here locally for us. So we don't have to wait three to four weeks to get the stuff. So I think that's going to be the draw for the United States for Hot Topic is you can order it online or um, they will probably have stuff in the store, but they'll have more online, but you can ship it to your store and then have it within a couple of days instead of having to wait over a month to get your stuff. So that um, definitely is an advantage. And another thing is like, this just points to how BTS is becoming a thing here in the United States because again now that you can buy this merchandise in mainstream shop mainstream shops across the country that's a big deal and especially hot topic because it has definitely become the go-to place for 
fandoms and for pop culture and for BTS to now be included in that, you know, they do a lot of stuff with Disney and they do a lot of exclusive stuff that only Hot Topic has, um, especially during what we have here, Comic Con. And I know there's a lot of conventions in other countries that have to do with like anime and and different movies and fandoms and things like that. So Comic Con here is a huge deal. Um, it's held every summer and Hot Topic always has in the last few years they've come out with like their own exclusive like Funko Pops and stuff for Comic Con and for big movies coming out and things like that um and so for BTS to now be included in that oh and this isn't I don't know the exact date but there's going to be some BTS Funko Pops coming out I believe in March of 2019 so, oh gosh oh gosh oh gosh <laughs> so when we have more information on that we will definitely share that but that's um from a source, I have heard that that's what's coming. So, yeah. So, get ready for that. Um, oh, gosh. I know. I know. <laughs> and we're trying to save money and for things that I'm not going to share yet until it's, like, solidified. But me, personally, I have some big plans the end of next year. And I'm trying to save money and not spend it on BTS things. Um, but it's really hard because they come out with so much cute stuff. I have to have these Funko Pops, so I'm going to have to get ready with everything in my life to be there with everybody else who's going to try to get it. And, like, I got to have my priorities. I'm going to try to get all of them if I can, right? But each Funko Pop costs about $15 typically, and that's not for, like, that's, like, just typically, like, a run-of-the-mill, right? So let's say $20, right? Times seven, that's $150. So... I might have to get one. <laughs> well, I mean, I know I'm definitely getting, I know the one I'm getting, but <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have all of them. I think it, that would be a really cute collection. I, I collect the Harry Potter ones. That would be a, really fun to add that to my collection. That's one thing that I don't like about BTS being seven people is that like, I like collections like that too. Like I like to have the full thing, even though I do have my bias as Suga. And I feel like sometimes when I get bias stuff, it's like just to represent him or to represent the whole group. Right. Um, I would like to have the whole group, but like, again, seven times anything that you're buying is like, Ugh, I can go get one or I can get seven. I'm going to get one, you know? I know, right? Like with the BT21 stuff, all the characters are so cute. And so you just kind of gravitate towards your bias. But then it's like, oh, but I want all of them. So then you have to spend $200 to get all of them instead of just, you know, buying the ones. And it's like, what am I going to do with seven keychains? You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, um, this is some really big news that uh, Big Hit just came out with a couple days ago. And the link to this article is basically what I'm about to read. I'm going to read it for uh, verbatim. On November 27th, it was reported that the agency recently finalized plans to debut a five-member boy group to debut at the beginning of 2019. In response, Big Hit Entertainment confirmed we are currently preparing a boy group with the goal of them debuting at the beginning of next year. The agency clarified that the number of members, their concept, and other details have not yet been finalized and will be announced at a later date. This upcoming group will be the first group in six years to debut under Big Hit Entertainment following BTS's debut in 2013. Yeah, this is big news and I feel like it's being met with mixed responses. Very mixed responses. I see a lot of people 
really excited about it. I see a lot of people really unsure about it. Um, I've had a conversation with one of our listeners uh, through Instagram and she's very unsure about it. And I, I, I haven't decided how I feel about it yet just because I'm so loyal to BTS and I, I'm not loyal to Big Hit, but Big Hit is a lot of why BTS has their success that they have, um, just how they have cultivated them and how they've changed the way K-pop groups are formed as BTS basically as their big brothers, like they're going to be the most lovable people, I'm sure. And I'm going to want to like them, but I'm so biased towards BTS and love BTS so much. And I really don't have room in my life for another group like BTS. So I, I'm just really interested to see how it's going to go and hear their songs and to see how they differ or how similar they are to BTS. Yeah, it's a strange feeling. I feel like it's kind of like BTS is a child, right? And like now they're getting a younger sibling and everything's going to change. It's going to be weird. Like they're going to be, you know, maybe there's nothing but love there and it's ultimately a good thing. But it's an adjustment because like right now they're getting like 100% of the resources, 100% of the attention, 100% of the producers of the music of the first choices, right? I mean, I'm guessing that obviously this is a business move. One, they can't just count on one group to like have for forever. Two, these guys are going to have to go off to the military at some point soon. And Mm -hmm. I think that they're thinking of having a group that can kind of like fill in, in a sense, a -hmm. little bit at least for the years that they're not going to be able to like record or, you know, do appearances and stuff. Also, I mentioned this before in another episode that I'm not going to be able to reference. (laughs) Here we go. Here's the old timey music. Okay, so back in the day, you know, there were a lot of boy bands at the same time, right? There was like our own K-pop like explosion mm-hmm. um, back in like the 2000s with like boy bands. And um, what happened with like Backstreet is like they could like their management realized Backstreet couldn't like fulfill all the obligations. They were getting more and more popular. So they created another group in sync and in sync kind of took like the leftovers from this sounds so bad, but the leftovers from Backstreet. But in doing that, they created their own fan base and actually became very competitive with Backstreet to the point of like, if people are like, oh, which band did you like? It's like really um, combative. I was an NSYNC fan, actually. <laughs> and I liked Backstreet, too. But I mean, back in the day, I was hardcore ride mm-hmm. or die sync, And like, I'm ride or die, you know, BTS, BTS. no matter what. But it's just like, very interesting like you have all these other groups right that are out there like that we've said like right now we don't have an interest in but it's going to be very different if we have a group coming out who has like similar producers similar vibe you know and not in terms of like copying bts but if their talent level is that quality and it's up Mm -hmm. there and then they have their own authentic like thing that they do and it's really great that is going to be a challenge. And I bet you anything, knowing what I know from back in the day with Backstreet and NSYNC, there are going to be some BTS defectors who go over to the dark mm-hmm. side. <laughs> I'm already calling it that. But who go over to this new group and they're like, I don't have, because you know, like we're saying this, we only have room for how consuming BTS is in our life. We really do only have room for like this group. For other people, they might feel the same way. And if this other group is like, 
to them better than BTS, then they might be like, sorry, BTS, bye, I'm going with this. And it could create this like really big rivalry. It could be a fun rivalry, but really big rivalry between the two big hit groups. Or it could just be that everybody wins and you like all of the big hit groups. I mean, you just never know, you know? That's that's interesting. I was just thinking as you're saying that, I feel like maybe some of the younger fan base might actually defect because... I don't know the ages of these guys, but normally when a K-pop group is formed, they're on the younger side. You know, they're 17, 18, 19 years old. And now that BTS has been around for a while, their main following, they do have a huge following that are like the 13 to to 17 range. But I'm going to say the majority of their followers are kind of their age and, you know, in the mid early to mid 20s range. So a lot of the younger people might go over to the dark side as you're saying and start following this new group if they're a little bit younger and they're a little more fresh and um just to to see something new and different and if they are new and different yeah it would be a fun little rival rivalry and i'm kind of interested to know what their name is going to be and what their fan base is going to be called and all of that stuff and and this is just interesting because we're so new to the k-pop world in general some of the groups their fans have very unfortunate names and so i'm so glad that we're called the army because we could have a very unfortunate name and i i really like that we're the bts army yeah so we're definitely going to be covering this um and seeing what ends up happening i wonder if they debut if they'll have like a song with bts or something Mm Or interesting. Yeah. And like if like what they are focusing on, are they going to like find different strengths in these guys? And like maybe it's not like so rap centric and maybe they're not dancers, but they're all like crazy vocalists or, you know, I don't know. So we have no idea. What if they're country Western? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That one I'm going to say probably not, but you never know. It could, who knows? So we'll see what's going on and we'll keep you updated as we find out more information. Yes. Uh, So this brings us actually to our last topic, which is weird because we usually go on forever. The Asian Artist Awards, which were two nights ago. (laughs) And again, you guys know that I stayed up for the MGAs and I stayed up for this. So Let me just take you through my night on this. The award started a little bit earlier. So I was really excited because the red carpet started at 10 p.m. our time. But then the award show didn't start until 2 a.m. our time or my time. So I'm thinking that's a really, really long red carpet. Like there's no way it's going to be a four hour long red carpet. I was right. It was only two hours long. So it was from 10 p.m. to midnight, and then there was a two-hour break. So that was super interesting to me that, like, award shows here in the States, you have the red carpet literally right before the show starts. Wait, so what were they doing in those two hours? What the heck? That's my point. What were they doing? There was a literal two-hour break, and this was all live. Like, I saw BTS show up. I saw all of the other artists show up, and then the, the... guy that was announcing all the artists coming in multiple times he did say the ceremony starts at it was uh 5 p 
p.m. their time. So he would, uh, Korean Standard Time. And he would be like, oh, the show starts at 5 p.m. Like, and if you got tickets to the show, like, please, you know, make your way in a courteous manner and blah, blah, blah. And all this, all this stuff. Do you think, like, all the celebrities had, like, a cocktail hour or something and, like, mingling, like, before the show as opposed to, like, after or something? They, I don't know. I I don't see that just because of the kind of culture Korea is and how, like, conservative they are. Um, there's probably some groups that don't have members that are of age, maybe. So I don't really see that. I'm interested to know if any of you know what happened in between that two hours and if that's normal for the AAAs because the MGAs weren't like that. And from what I've heard, like the um, some of the other award ceremonies aren't like that either. So if any of you know what happens in that two hours, please let us know. To the red carpet, it was very similar to the MGAs. A lot of very conservative outfits, a lot of black Everyone looked really good. They, again, they were all announced one at a time, would come up, stand in their spot, have their picture taken, and then move on. And the announcer this time, he only interviewed the artists that were performing. So the first half, no one was, no one was interviewed. And this also is for not only musicians, but for actors. So it's a, it's a mixture between, um, music awards and awards for actors as well. So there was a good mix of both. So the red carpet was actually really good. And BTS was the last group to come in and they were obviously the (laughs) most well-received. And it was, it was fun because when an artist would come in, they would play a song and then you couldn't see the artist. They came kind of like inside this it almost looked like a mall so they came in and they were blocked from view and then they would come in so they would play the song of the artist before they came in and then so everyone kind of knew who was coming up that was fun but the actual show was the weirdest award ceremony i have ever seen in my life (laughs) erica can tell you i was texting her every five minutes i'm like what i don't know what's going on i'm super confused what is what is going on and like with the mgas it was very similar to american award shows where they would announce the category they would announce the nominees and then they would announce the winner and then the winner actually looked surprised it's like oh my gosh i can't believe we won and that's what i live for it's like bts's reactions to when they win so for this they say the category and then they tell you who won and then they pan to the winners and they already have the trophies. Like they're in their seats holding the trophies (laughs) and they walk up on stage to give their speeches. It was so weird. And that's not even the weirdest part. The weirdest part is that there were multiple winners in each category. So just to give you an example for the artist of the year category, there were 12 winners um that sounds like a participation trophy (laughs) yes 12 groups one artist of the year well yeah out of 13 (laughs) (laughs) it was so strange um there were a ton of performances though i mean there were probably like 20 performances and that's not an exaggeration it was it was very heavy on performances but most of the performances 
were very basic and it was just kind of like they did one song and the stage there wasn't a lot of lights and lasers like bts did last time it wasn't a big grand production it was just like a very basic performance except for bts theirs was the last performance so there's a lot of controversy surrounding this as well so Everything that happened at the MGAs, people were so upset because of their their vocals and their mics and the tracks and everything, all the issues that happened. Assuming it wouldn't be an award show this year if there weren't complications with BTS's performance. So they come out and they do fake love and they look so good. They're all in white and they all have like the harness things that are all strapped on them, except for Jungkook because he's got to show his abs in fake love, obviously. They start performing, and then when RM's part comes in where he starts rapping, you can't hear him. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, they were literally the only group that didn't have issues because they don't lip sync. They like to sing live. All the other groups, you could definitely tell that they had their tracks playing behind them. BTS doesn't do that. And so all their everything was messed up. Their mics were messed up. Fake Love was the worst. The um, They performed Idol after, and I think... It was fixed a little bit. There were still some complications, but almost the entire song of Fake Love was messed up. But to their credit, they were very professional. Honestly, because I've watched so many of their performances, I could see it on their faces. Like they usually they have this stage presence that not only is like very sexy, but they always look like they're having fun. But they looked very serious during fake love which i know is kind of a they usually have like the smoldering look during fake love this was kind of like we're pissed right now during fake love and i because we've watched so many performance videos i could tell a slight difference and then when um when they performed idol i could tell a huge difference like when at one point the camera panned onto jungkook and i could tell and he broke into a little smile it's like okay the performance was a lot better because the vo- you could actually hear their vocals. And I think the very beginning of it was messed up. But after that, I-, I think they had it fixed. So that was a lot of people were really upset because the AAAs pushed back two weeks to accommodate BTS because they're on their Love Yourself tour. So they changed the date of the award show so BTS could be there. And then they mess up their performance. And they're the only performance that was messed up. Well, I didn't watch the awards live like Molly did. Although I was getting uh, coverage (laughs) updates uh, through texting. But I did watch it uh, last night, actually. I watched the performance. And I was really excited to see the performance. And I had a lot of reactions because of all the issues that Molly brought up. And um, it's really quite crazy how it changes your impression of their talents when things like that are not on point. Already the MGAs were getting a lot of like flack, but this was really just unacceptable. It's really bad. It's like I normally love watching their performances. Like it's like the most exciting thing to me. I just love seeing them and you just get into it. And it's that Mm -hmm. little piece of your day or whatever that you can just like, oh, BTS, right? But I couldn't. I was just so distracted by everything. And then I just started thinking about like, man, 
it must suck to be like them because you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. You have the show must go on. So you have to keep singing. You have to keep dancing. You have to keep going. But like Molly said, I also noticed that too. I noticed like they didn't look joyful. Like they Mm -hmm. couldn't like break down, but like you could tell that they were like, uh, and I know at the end of fake love, I saw sugar come out with like his own microphone. Mm -hmm. So I thought they were like maybe fixing it and stuff like that. But, um, what was weird is like right in the middle of the performance I was watching, there was like that weird like paper doll show. Was that in yours too? Yes. No, that's what I was going to say though. That I thought that was cool because they're the only ones that got anything like that. Oh, none okay. of the other, none of the other performances, like I was saying, all the other performances were literally. Um, the first half, they were all one song. The second half were more of like the bigger, well-known artists and they performed two songs, but they only performed like half of the first song or like a shorter version, you know, of their first song and then a full second song. So I was thinking, I didn't know what BTS was going to perform and I wanted to be surprised. I was thinking maybe they would do like Save Me, I'm Fine because Save Me is a little shorter song. Mm-hmm. But then they did the full version of Fake Love and the full version of Idol. And theirs was the biggest production of the night. They had that little clip in between. And that was for them to be able to change. None of the art, none of the other groups changed or had a, had a wardrobe change or anything. Like it went straight from their first song into their second song. So they're so, the only ones that had any kind of little production value to their performance. Well, I was hoping during this puppet show or paper doll show (laughs) that they would be getting the mic thing fixed. And while it was somewhat a little bit, sometimes it wasn't completely fixed. And yeah, it really just takes you out of the performance. And I just felt like kind of upset for them because I know that like for me, if I do anything that's like performance oriented, where whether it's like a presentation for class or at work or, you know, anything in your spare time if you act or anything like that that is a horrible place to be in to not be able to control how it's going and how it's being received and you still have to just take it and be there you know right especially after you prepare and you work really hard for this performance or whatever it is that you're doing and then the stuff that goes wrong is something you can't help I think the biggest thing is for me anyway, is that the performance at the MGAs was messed up and now this performance and Mm -hmm. it's just like, I hope there's not going to be a pattern. And it's almost like, it's like, who the heck is running this? And like, why are they trying to sabotage BTS? Yeah. They're the only ones. It's the new group. Yeah. It's the new group. No, No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But But it's like, even at the MGAs, none of the other performances were messed up at this. None of the other performances had audio issues. BTS's was the only one. This was longer than the MGAs. There were people, not only the people there, but the people who either got up or stayed up to watch it. It was four and a half hours long. No, actually, it was over five hours long. You were catfished, basically. So it was like, it was like, oh, let's dangle BTS, like a little piece of food in front of you. And then when they come, we're going to just sabotage everything. Back to what you're saying about like this pattern. Now, like, here's the thing. If I just had heard about BTS and these were the two most recent performances and I saw them, I'd be like, um, I don't know. I don't get the hype. It also feeds the 
people in K-pop who don't like BTS, who are like, they're not talented. Like, look, they can't sing live. Look, this is a horrible performance. And so it just kind of like gives them evidence to point to like, look, they're not great all the time. So I don't understand what the big deal is. Like, why are people into them? I just don't really understand what's happening or why it's happening to them. And like you said, maybe it's because they're the only group who wanted to sing live and they should have been ready and prepared. Although I do want to say something. I was reading on Twitter or reading something, maybe an article. Someone said like who was actually there said like the microphones there were fine. Yeah, so, that's yeah, I saw that too. So it's just maybe like the broadcast microphones that didn't come through. So like that's weird too. When you air an award show, there's actual fans there, not including the nominees or whatever. There's probably, what, only a couple hundred people there. You're broadcasting to millions and millions of people. You want the broadcast to sound good, and you want whatever they're doing live to be what's crappy. Because the people there at least are close enough to be able to see what's going on or hear what's going on. You're broadcasting live. All we're seeing is what the camera that was another thing that it was like shoddy camera work too. You know, it's you're broadcasting this live to millions and millions of people. You're not only making like BTS look bad, you're making the networks and the things like V Live that are broadcasting this look bad too. Like maybe it was the V Live feeder, it was this or this, and so it just I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna fix it. And um, the Mellon Music Awards are technically tomorrow night um they're on december the first but because they're 13 hours ahead of me anyway um they'll be on tomorrow night um so i'm interested to see (laughs) see how their performance goes there and if if this is messed up like there's some kind of conspiracy theory going on like someone is a saboteur Mm -hmm. um yeah and also i just wanted to point out like when they ended the performance it was also super awkward it was just like so weird because they were just like sitting down you know at the end of idol they sit down right and then they usually breathe hard but like you know they have the dancers there or whatever you know and it's fine but then they were like by themselves right the cameras like didn't know where to go and like just like zoomed in on their faces and then they were just like sitting there for a long time like I feel like no one had told them, like, what to do at this point. Like, normally an award show would, like, zoom into, like, the The ceiling. audience. Or, yeah, yeah, or the audience. Yeah, yeah. And put, put like, a graphic on and, like, right. com- coming back or whatever. And instead it was, like, uh, and then, like, a couple of them, like, stand up all defeated because they know that, like, it didn't go well. Yeah, but but you saw that. And, and there's a couple of... Um, I don't know if they're videos or gifs or something that it's like the difference when they're on and off camera and it's like on camera. And then the other thing is like the, maybe a fan cam or something when the cameras are off of them and how they do, they just like slump down after because they're so tired, but this wasn't that they were tired. This was, you could see in their eyes and you could see in their faces that they knew that it was messed up and that things didn't go right. It was more of, like, this defeated look, like you said. It's just, like... And what is poor Jimin going to do with himself? Like, okay, we saw in Burn the Stage, Jimin, like, pretty much fall apart at a rehearsal, not going well. So when you're kind of stuck in this moment of, like, I got to keep performing, and this is what everyone gets to see, and we know that they're perfectionists, we know that they have high standards, and now they don't get to perform to that 
you know, that's just like agony. Like, because anytime can be your first time to make a first impression with people. Anytime could be like how you're remembered. And no one's going to be talking about or remembering this, these amazing performances. I mean, the fans are, but amazing performances when this is the last thing that's there. And that's what people are remembering. And, you know, when people are at the top, people want to drag people down. And so it's a perfect excuse to be like, oh, you know what? Like they weren't really that great at this at or with Charlie Puth or like anything. Like people are just it's not that great. They're not that great. And it just sucks because they are so much better than these technical difficulties. Mhm. And it just it does it hurts my heart for them because I don't know. I just I don't feel like they're given the respect that they need at these award shows and they're winning all these awards. They're obviously super popular in Korea. They let me actually get into their wins. So they won the popularity award. They won the Korean culture award. They won the artist of the year award, which, like I said, there were 12 other thirteen or 11 other winners in that. They won the AAA fabulous award. Their choreographer won the performance director the best performance director and yay, for, <laughs> yay erica's erica's favorite and then uh, for best producer p dog one who is one of big hits producers that produces on their albums and then they also won the day saying for artists so that was the grand prize that was like the main prize of the night there was one for an actor and there was one for artists and they won the one for artists and that was actually a surprise that one like the announcers had like an envelope like they do at most award shows and pulled it out and called BTS's name. But so they won all of those awards. They are super popular and then they can't get their performances right for them. Like I just I think it was just huge for me to learn that they moved this around for them two weeks later so they could come perform and then they can't make sure that everything's right for them. You know what I feel like this is like? I feel like this is like hold on for me and we're gonna go for a ride okay. but <laughs> I feel like this is like in the Harry Potter fandom like anybody who's been exposed to the Harry Potter series for the most part like loves Harry Potter it's just a really good story right it's really compelling it's really unique for what it is etc cetera, etc cetera. I feel like these performances make it feel like someone's seeing Harry Potter through like cursed child like mm-hmm. reading the script and being like, I don't understand why people like this, you know? And it's like, no, you can't be exposed to that. You have to like see everything else that makes this amazing. And you can't just write it off for that. And so that was just me trying to trying to find like an analogy. That's how I kind of like see it in my head. And I'm kind of like always aware of like, what is their presence like in the world? Like how are people perceiving them? Mm-hmm. And are we in, we're in the ascent, but very quickly and you never know when it happens the ascent can turn into the descent you know it can turn into now the backlash you know and things like this don't help on their like upward climb of being amazing so I'm a little worried about that they'll recover and I'm really looking forward to what you said like the melon awards because I know from the YouTube binges that I've gone on I've enjoyed their performances at that award show so Yeah, and there's less performers, and there are supposed to be bigger stages, and this is the 10-year anniversary of the Mellon Awards, so hopefully should be good. Like I I think 
Mellon wants to put on a good show because it's 10 years for them and it's a big anniversary show for them. So hopefully they will make sure that there's no technical difficulties. I mean, if there is, then it needs to be for every artist that comes on. Like if if everything's perfect and then BTS performs and it's not, there's something wrong. So yeah, just speaking of the Mellon Awards, we'll... Um, I think that's basically, that's all the topics that we have, but we just want to talk about some upcoming stuff. Uh, the Mellon Awards, as I said, are Saturday, December the 1st. So just remember your time difference and know that for me, anyway, they're 13 hours ahead. So it's going to be, you know, a day behind for me. And some of the platforms you can watch them on, they'll be broadcasted on one the K YouTube channel, that's the number one, T-H-E-K. And then on Kakao TV, K-A-K-A-O TV, uh, that I believe you have to have a subscription to. And then Dom, or Daum, however you pronounce it, D-A-U-M. I know the Daum fa uh, Fan Cafe is one thing. And I, I don't know if you have to speak Korean or read Korean for that one, but it will be broadcast there as well. And then Jen's birthday is coming up on December the 4th. Yay! Yay for Jen. And I know there are, if you look on Twitter, there's a handful of events and things people are trying to get together. I know um, our friend Aaron, who lives in Canada, is working with someone else that is trying to get some food donated to the food bank there, um, some of the food banks there in Canada. And as we all know, Jin likes to eat. So there's a lot of charities going around for his birthday that have to do with food. So maybe you can uh, donate to your local food bank for Jin's birthday. And then there's a couple other things people are trying to get together just uh, to show Jin some love for his birthday. So check that out. And then on December 8th and the 9th, they will be in Taiwan at the uh, Taoyuan International Baseball Stadium doing their Love Yourself tour. And then on December 10th, 12th, and 14th is Mama. So I'm just interested to um, see how they do that in three different countries. Um, but BTS will be performing in Hong Kong on December the 14th at MAMA. So they won't be until the last day, but you can also vote for that through December the 9th. And then a big thing that I don't know, Erica, if you saw this, I kind of entered it into our discussion very late. We've talked about Time Magazine before and how they were on the cover of Time Magazine. For those of you that don't know, Time every year comes out with a person of the year and it's either a group of people or a person who was influential in the world in that pre in that year and bts is leading the vote for times person of the year yeah i'm pretty sure they're gonna win i'm so excited uh you can we'll put a link to where you can go vote and you can vote through next thursday for that and then they usually release that uh the beginning of December. So I'm sure probably a few days or a week or so after voting ends, they will release Times Person of the Year. And hopefully it will be BTS. And that would be so awesome for them. So with that, I think that is everything for this episode. Unless Erica has anything else to add. Yeah, I hope they I don't it's so hard to like campaign for them for 
person of the year because obviously they're my person of the year. But then when you look at like other people who are on the list, you're like, I feel bad being like, yeah, beat out these like Thai divers and like rescue divers and beat out like these like dignitaries and stuff. But either way, no matter what happens, if they do end up getting this award and honor, like it's very much deserved and um, it cements another piece of history uh, for them to point to, to really show that they have had an impact. I agree. And I mean, (laughs) you're right. There's a lot of people on there who have been influential, but there's also a lot of people on there that I know were really influential just in the States and maybe People in other countries have no idea who they are. They've never heard of them. Yeah, they could read up on them, but they don't know maybe the the magnitude that their impact had on the states. Um, and maybe some of these dignitaries, they really only had a huge impact maybe in their country or in, you know, their little bubble of their world. And I feel like with BTS, the reason I can advocate for them is because I feel like they've actually had a global impact. We've seen with our podcast, how many different countries are interested in BTS and some of the other people on the list who are very well deserving and to be on the list in general um, and who've had a huge impact, maybe haven't had such of an impact globally as BTS has. So even though what they've done is amazing and great and well deserving. Yeah. So I just wanted to add that. Um, So I think that wraps it up. And yes. Why say no when you can say B-T? Yes. Bye.